Welcome to episode 8 of my podcast, The View from the Crow's Nest, and I want to welcome and thank all of the estimated four people who are listening to this. That's 25% more than yesterday. Um, As I always say, or very often say, I'm really massively grateful for each and every person who listens to this. At the moment, it's four people. Yesterday, it was three. I was talking about, wow, it'd be great if we get to four, and I will thank that fourth person, and it looks like it happened Um, Because I think it's really important that you, anybody, acknowledges and is grateful for any um, attention that they get from people that don't necessarily need to give them attention, even if they need to, you know, it's still grateful because we live in a world where everyone's super busy and to have somebody decide to spend their time um, with you in whatever capacity that is and giving you their attention is something not to be taken lightly. So thank you very much to all of you people who um, are listening, all four of you and any more that follow. I very much appreciate it. If you hear some background and outside noises, that's because right now I am uh, getting the washing in from outside because it's nearly time to put the kids to bed and their sheets are on the line, thankfully dry. So apologies if that's in the background, but you know, multitasking, as I've said many times before, leverage, getting equal or better results in less time is something that I'm a very big proponent of. So, um, that's what I'm doing, getting multiple results. Today's podcast can be a little bit different, um, and it was inspired by something we did last night, which was have a video call, have drinks and a video call with some friends in uh, London. Um, and amazingly, throughout this coronavirus business, it's the first time that we've actually done that. First, we, we do video calls with my parents all the time, but this is the first time that we put the kids to bed and cracked open a couple of bottles of uh, Prosecco and uh, chatted to some friends in London And it was really, really, really pleasant. And we're definitely going to do it a lot more with people. So there's my first little tip of recommendation. You know, you're so used to seeing people, that's great. If you're not able to see them or, you know, if you normally phone people, turn it into a dinner date. If you can't meet up with people, you know, often when meeting with friends, you're trying to get your diaries out. When can people meet, etc., etc. Well, actually, just have a video call, dinner date. It worked surprisingly well. And uh, certainly the booze helped. So that was good. But one of the the things we were discussing is education. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I'm not sure if you know this, but my wife and I are um, homeschooling our kids. We've now found out what are called world schoolers. And world schoolers are a subset of home educators in that you educate whilst travelling. And in fact, you look at travel as being uh, the world as being the classroom, basically, and travel as being the mode of of educating you know going to see different places um obviously different cultures different people different foods different smells sights and sounds but also to um embrace history or to delve into history by visiting places that are significant to whatever it is you want to study or vice versa you know studying the places that you're going to visit before during and after because then it brings it to life um so the conversation we were having our friends are uh, their kids are at school and they are um, very much not wanting to homeschool um, and in this lockdown like a lot of people they've been having to um, homeschool their kids or at least have their kids at home and it's bonkers in the UK and it's probably the same in many many places um, that uh, um, the, the the schools have given so much homework and curriculum and stuff for people to follow while they're at home for the parents to follow and it's like almost full-time curriculum but of course the parents also have their own work to do if they can and if they are working I mean it's just far too much and so we're having this conversation about education and so I just wanted to share um, 
kind of my views briefly on education and where, where it stands. Um, briefly, the history of education, so to speak, the school system that we have now that everybody kind of ascribes to is a relatively recent invention. It's only a few hundred years old. I believe it started in Russia, although I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on that. But effectively, it was an industrial revolution, an industrial age construct to get kids into schooling for two reasons. The first one was they needed a lot more workers for the factories and the factories were uh, places where a lot of women were allowed to work because obviously back then they had no um, clue about, you know, they were trying to stop women doing all sorts of stuff. Um, so they're allowing women to work in factories, which is very nice of them. Oh, very nice. Um, but of course, the problem is that when the women are working in factories, there's no one at home looking after the kids. So they realised they could be more productive by getting 50% more of the population, as it were, into the workforce by opening these schools, which looked after the kids. And then the secondary thought was, well, hang on, we got these kids. What do we do with them? Well, if we educate them, then we can mould them perfectly to become factory workers. And, you know, to start running all this industry that's with this burgeoning industry that's growing up, because the whole idea of management and managers and all this stuff that only came about with the Industrial Revolution, because before that, pretty much everybody worked, you know, from home in the family business, more or less, you know, you, whatever the family business were was, that's what you did. And then you sold your goods in the local market. And that's um, that's basically it. Schools come along. And now you've got these, and the Industrial Revolution, you've got these new roles, etc. So this is the, the basis for schooling. And of course, if you've got people working in factories, doing repetitive jobs and things like that, and um, being management and being managed and having bosses, of course you want them to be pliant. You want them to you know, be very good at just getting on with things and being told you do this and that's what you do and then you do that, etc. So the whole purpose of education of course it grew since then it didn't stay static but that's where our current system comes from now fast forward to today and saying for a while that actually i think we're slowly returning back to almost a pre-industrial revolution way of doing things with the major difference being uh, that the market is no longer local that you can get your products to it's global and what i mean by that is you have um the ability, obviously, well, with the internet, you have the ability to connect with people all over the world and sell all over the world um, in capacity. You can have stuff made in China, shipped to a customer in, um, you know, in the USA, all from your uh, bedroom in London or what have you. Um, and of course, what's happening is a lot of people, it's so much easier to be to start businesses and to become entrepreneurs that more and more people are actually moving down that path. They're choosing to work from home or from remote locations. They don't have to go into the office, etc. So I've been saying for a while that we're moving into a different era of work. And then, of course, along comes coronavirus and everybody's forced into this different era of work. People are forced to work from home. People are forced to start using Internet much more and using tools and doing things like video calls for work whereas before they might have flown somewhere for a meeting or conference now they've realized hang on a minute we can do it with a video call it's a lot cheaper it's a lot quicker more efficient etc etc so one fallout to the coronavirus i believe will be a much more quick adoption by a lot more people of what is effectively cottage industries that you had before the um, industrial revolution people worked from home on their own business and they sold to market so 
Moving back towards that, that brings me to the idea of education. What is education? Why are we sending our kids to school? And this is a conversation we having last night. You know, if you think about it, try and answer that question. I'll give you a second. You know, why do, you, why do we send kids to school? Well, people say to give them an education. Okay, great. An education for what? Well, an education to prepare them for the world when they come out of school. So it's like, okay, cool. So if we're agreed that we can define the term education to mean, um, certainly when it comes to our kids, to mean getting them prepared for the real world when they come out of school, then I would say that our current schooling system, for the most part, isn't fit for purpose. Taking aside the natural um, tendencies of children to not want to sit down for seven or eight hours and concentrate on things, to not have to have homework, to just want to play, and in fact, a more engaged human at any age um, will progress much more quickly when they are engaged in the task and they're enjoying the task and they're enjoying what they're doing. So to force children to, you know, arbitrarily do something for an hour and a half, stop, do something else for an hour and a half, whether they want to do it or not, stop, move on, um, isn't necessarily the best way for kids to learn. Added to which, we all learn best when we're playing. When something feels like play, that's when we learn. Kids naturally learn by playing. Um, so to take away a lot of that playtime and that free creative time is also to, I think, bottleneck and curve the natural um, skills of children to just learn really fast. So in my opinion, if you're going to get kids ready for, um, you know, for the modern world, if you're educating children for the modern world, then you should be looking at and discussing and working on concepts that are, that are modern world concepts and also not pretending that modern, the modern world doesn't exist. And what I mean by the latter is um, every one of us pretty much has a, uh, you know, a smartphone. If not now, in the next five or ten years, everybody will have a smartphone. You know. And in that smartphone, you've got connections to the internet, you've got calculators, you've got all these tools, you've got Google at your fingertips. And it's only going to get more and more. And our kids, when they grow up, they're going to live in a very connected world where it's not even going to be a smartphone. They're going to have Google, you know... Google's going to be in their clothing. They're going to be able to just ask questions in their head eventually and hear answers in their head without anybody else hearing it through maybe bone conduction or something like that. So to pretend that that access to knowledge doesn't exist, to pretend that the ability to just tap a few numbers in your phone for a calculator and get the sum done much more quickly than you might be able to do it in your head or you know scribbling it down on paper, I think is short-sighted because we're not preparing our kids for the modern world if we're not using the modern world as part of the, the tool set, as part of the education system. So what are we, you know, I'm, I'm very much against having kids learn anything by rote, just factual, because there's no need to cram your head with facts. You know, I think any learning which is just repeating facts until you can remember them is of very little use. I will caveat all of this by saying, unless you're going into a very specialised scientific field where you're going to need to know that information on the spot, i.e. you're going to be a doctor and you're probably going to need to know a lot of this stuff immediately, especially if you're in an emergency situation, you know. So there are going to be fields where you need to have that information in your own mind. Um, but for the most part, there's a buffer zone between when you need that information and when you actually have to put that information in or put it to use. And that buffer zone might be a few minutes, a day, a week, and then you just get that information from the source that you want, Google or what have you, Wikipedia. So... The idea of having to learn anything by rote, I think, is, out, is totally outdated and, and pretty much pointless. But what I do think is, 
the idea to be able to ask questions, to know how and where to ask questions of both Google and people, the idea to critically question things, the idea to look at things from multiple angles and really, um, you know, really get underneath it. The idea of communicating, I think, is one of the most essential skills, if not the most essential skill, because it impacts, it's such a meta skill, it impacts everything, you know, from communication we get absolutely everything from marketing and sales through to relationships through to negotiation through to whatever else in families in friends in the workplace so communication is really important and yet I see so many people who are really have really poor communication skills relative um, because in school certainly you're not encouraged to ask questions all the time you're not encouraged to go down the rabbit hole of well hang on a minute why is that can ask question why is that well why is this why is that blah because they've got the and I understand they've got the curriculum to follow they've got to get through this because of all this ridiculous amount of bureaucracy and paperwork and markings and I mean tests this is another one tests at what where in life pretty much do you ever take tests you know occasionally you go to a maybe you go to a job office and you have to take a test to see what your typing speed is or you know you take a driving test I got my paddy diver's license once, I had to take a test for that. But basically, you don't really need tests in your adult life. Again, scientific disciplines aside, especially academic disciplines when you're moving up in, you know, in these areas. So why are we testing the hell out of our kids in school? Tests should be abolished. There is pretty much no reasoning for tests, except for uh, so that we can see that they're level benchmarked against their peers and therefore what? Put them in a different put them in a different group to um, other kids in the lesser group or the more group or well that's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy all kids are clever all kids have potential they just might not all show or learn and demonstrate it in the same way under the same stimulus and in the same environment so education should be about finding the the stimulus and the environment and the way that that particular child unlocks their their most potential it should be about finding the way to bring them into the real world so at school I don't know how many, you know, and I could be wrong because I've only been to a few schools in my life and I only have um, anecdotal evidence of a few others, but I've never heard of entrepreneurial classes in school. I've never heard of, um, you know, this idea of, okay, kids, we're not going to teach you to just get a job. You know, you you have job, um, I mean, you have the job officer, I can't remember what they're called, but, you know, occasionally you'd have someone come in and they tell you what kind of job you could get. But straight away, what kind of job? Surely we should be teaching our children they should be forging their own path. Now, that might be a job. That's fine. But towards something, not just a job for the sake of getting a job and not just because you've got some passing interest in something, but because you've got a that's it, careers officer. That's what they were called, not job officer. Um, you know, I, I believe that fundamentally we're, we're still trying to condition our children to be in schools to be obedient, to be compliant, to be ready to accept the job and go for the job and there's always that's where everything's focused you know you go to university and then you can get a good job it's like wait a minute why don't you become the the person who creates the good jobs you know i remember a brilliant quote from elon musk somebody said to him something i'm going to paraphrase it but something along the lines of oh um you know elon i understand that you don't have um you know you never went to university or whatever you don't have a a degree a master's degree and he says no i don't but a lot of the people who work for me do brilliant and, you know, Richard Branson, there's another guy. I mean, the world is littered with very successful people who don't have degrees, who didn't ever, you know, completed 
a large amount of schooling. So what does it tell you? It tells you that actually you don't need it in order to necessarily be quote unquote successful. I'm not saying that they're the only beacons of success because success is personal to everybody. But I am saying that we should be teaching our children once again, educating them in the ways the world works. The world works with the internet, the world works with tools in your pocket and smartphones, the world works with, um, with, biz in, with business and entrepreneurship, the world works with um, cooking, with home edge. You know, I suck at cooking. I, well, I, I've got no interest in it. I really haven't. And uh, thankfully my wife does and she's always done all the cooking, which I am very, very grateful for. Um, I've done my fair share of eating, so, you know, it's still balanced. Um, but nonetheless, at my school, you know, there wasn't such a thing. I mean, they did used to have it in the past, but I never had this like home economics or whatever it used to be called where you got taught to cook. Um, but again, everybody should be taught to cook. It's a really essential skill. You know, we should be taught about where the food comes from. We should like, really be taught about it. We should know plants and growing. I'm standing right now in, uh, on the balcony at my mother-in-law's and she's got a big garden very big garden and it is chock full of edible stuff she spends a few hours every morning and she's in there now she spends another couple of hours in the evening um cultivating this garden and it's full and full of fruits and vegetables and i've been down there once and it scares the hell out of me because i'm a city boy i grew up where everything comes from you know comes in plastic from a supermarket i'm so detached from where the food comes from, how it's grown, what, you know, I don't know whether stuff I'm eating comes from a plant, is grown underground, comes from a tree. Uh, seriously, I'm completely clueless to this stuff. And I think that's a really bad thing for uh, our children not to be connected to that. So again, it, it, you know, entrepreneurship on the one hand, but also growing food, something as simple as growing food, you know, understanding the cycle, understanding what it is. These, these are really important skills. These are the world. And people who say, well, you know, not everybody's got a garden, so growing food isn't that important. Well, one of the ideology, one of the, you know, kind of norm, normal quote-unquote paths for people is they often move to the city when they're younger and they get jobs and they live in flats or apartments and then eventually they move out and they're looking for a family house with a little garden they can raise the kids. So that's the kind of idea. You end up with a place with maybe a little garden or a yard, as uh, the Americans might call it, um, so at some point you probably have got this connection to nature, but what most people do, like my mum and dad, my mum's got a beautiful garden full of flowers. She loves her flowers. She loves gardening as well, but like a typical Brit, it's about making the garden a place to sit and relax with all the flowers, as opposed to here in Italy where the garden is a place where you grow stuff that you can cook. Um, so again, you know, how we're raising the kids, what we're raising them for, I think it's... It, it should be entirely based on where the world is and where the world's going. It should be about vital skills for life like communication, like understanding nutrition, understanding the foods they're putting in their body, understanding um, about good foods and bad foods. We've got this big obesity problem. Why? Because everybody is, is eating crap and they don't understand for half the time, they don't even understand that they're eating so much crap because we're conditioned by our lives not to realise this. So these are the sorts of things you know career choices well actually one career choice is being the person who chooses the actual career by choosing and making the company another choice is working for somebody else maybe because you believe in their vision maybe you know you want to get a job that's totally cool but do it because 
the, the person running the company, you want to learn specifically from them because you think they're doing something amazing because you've got this idea that in a bunch of years' time you want to do something similar. So you're getting a job to find a mentor. You know, These are great reasons to get a job, but just getting a job, like I've done in the past, you just get a job because you need the money, isn't necessarily the best recipe, but that's the one that we're effectively taught um, in school. So this is my part. Of, I mean, I could go on and on. I get, I get quite heated about um, education. But um, why do we home educate? For the simple reason that I feel we can better prepare our children for the future that's, that's here and is coming than the current system. I don't believe kids should be sat in classrooms, sat down. I don't think kids should be segregated by age. That's another modern invention. When you go out into the working environment, it's quite a shock when you're 18, 19 and you go into an office and there's people in their 50s and 60s because apart from your grandparents, you probably never had to socialise or never stayed much time with people who are much older than maybe an elder brother or sister or your parents, or your parents' friends, but you didn't exactly hang out with them. And again, this idea of putting kids together because they got the same age, well, they're all at different stages of their development and it's completely unnatural, but it's another way of separating and it's another way of driving a wedge between kids, which isn't right. In the home educating communities, um, they act like back in the day, again, pre-industrial revolution, you had the village. And in the village, you'd have, or the, you know, a small town or whatever, but you'd have the families that were connected either by blood or just they were close by. And children would be raised by aunts and uncles, but also cousins of all various ages and kids. So they'd be in a gang of kids who would be of very varying ages. And of course, what happens, the elder kids learn to look after the younger kids a bit more. The younger kids learn they can't really bully so much because there's elder kids who will put them in line. So actually, you get a much more rounded um, upbringing. And in fact, there's been studies. I can't remember the gentleman's name. Sig I can't remember. There's an an Indian businessman, an Indian entrepreneur who did these amazing um, studies in, in, in India. He's, I think it's British-based, but um, uh, Myth, Sigutri Mitri or something like that. Um, and one of the studies he did, they took, a, they took a computer and they put it in like a cash machine-type hole in the wall in the slums of Delhi or something like that with no instructions, nothing, and they just left it in there and they just observed and saw what kids did. And then through that they did more and more experiments and basically the upshot is they found that children learn far better far more quickly when they learn in a group of mixed age peers um, and to the point where they were massively outperforming quote-unquote educated children who had gone through the schooling system who'd gone through specialist university you know specialist um, uh, upper school education specialist stuff by simply just putting computers in places and letting kids just do it themselves. And uh, th these are kids that didn't speak necessarily the language of the computer, um, which was in English, and not all of them were necessarily fluent English speakers, but they taught themselves and then they taught themselves and they put more and more complex stuff on this computer and the kids were just absorbing it. The older ones would help the younger ones, etc. And I firmly believe that that's a, um, you know, that's a, uh, the, way t the way that, kids should be they should be playing together in mixed ages they should be learning straight from the get-go to assimilate with all sorts of different um, children and different peers at different stages of development and um, I think that that inclusivity as well would also help us from a lot of the problems that we've got nowadays of people being excluded for all various different stupid reasons um, you know and segregated and I think that a lot of that starts in the school we're segregated by age we're segregated 
segregating the children by ability or perceived ability because of test results. Um, I think it's terrible. So for us, home educating is taking our kids out, is meeting other families, it's doing stuff outside of the house, it's learning in the world, it's um, learning mixed peer groups, mixed ages, and I think that that is, you know, and, and, and learning for the future, I think that's the way to go. So, yes, a big, uh, a big um, rant today. And uh, sorry, I thought I'd finished. Oh, gosh, 25 minutes. And I thought this was going to be a five-minute one. Um, not going to be everybody. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. I'd love to hear from you. Either way, at Romeo Crow on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. If you got this far, you really are a champion. But if you didn't, you'll never hear this. But nonetheless, I totally forgive you because this isn't for everyone. Have a good evening. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>